the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. Subscribe, like, comment, share for us. A huge week it was for the NFL. Last weekend, we had pretenders and contenders. Thank you, Ted. Pretenders and contenders. We talked about it on Tuesday. And Joseph McGuire, you can come on in and join us. So last week... We talked about a pretenders contenders. And then last Friday, we talked about these games because all these games and all these teams that we talked about were discussed with pretenders contenders for us. This was statement weekend. I want to call it for the NFL because all these games were statement games for these teams. Even some of the losers that lost the old loss, I should say the Las Vegas Raiders, an impressive defeat. Not many people you hear that nowadays, but very impressive playing the champs all the way down to the final minute of the game. Then you had the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. And I congratulate Joseph Aguirre on our bet as he won again over the keys brothers. And before the end of 2020, you will see me Trevor keys wearing a Biden Harris 2020 shirt. No, I am not a by Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. fan. <laughs> But I will wear it because I am a man of my word. I love how he laughs. Amongst most people, how most people are not a man of their word nowadays, I'm going to wear it on the shirt. So for anybody that watches it that day, please do not jump down my throat and say, oh, my God, he turned his back. No, I did not. I'm being a man, and I lost my bet. A fair is fair. A deal is a deal. I lost straight up. The Ravens broke broke my heart. Trust me. I was more nervous about that game than any freaking game this entire season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun when there's a little something extra to it, huh? Yeah, I wish it was. Food. Joe, Joe, now that I think about it, I wish it was food again. So <laughs> yeah, right. So, he was so nervous. He's like, "Turn the game on." Turn. I, I, was the Ravens game. I was watching the game and I was nervous. And then when Derrick Henry, being Derrick Henry, going in and dominating the Baltimore Ravens again and scoring the game winner, I said, "Well, perfect." But the thing is, for, and if you want to get right into that game, no, I don't even want to get into that game. For, for, I want to get into that, for that game. game the Ravens had control of Derrick Henry for most of the first half. If you actually watched the game, he really didn't get going away until the second half. And, you know, this is something that we talked about with the Ravens last year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that. We are here to talk I'm, because I'm not, that I'm is not, I'm talking about it. I'm I, don't not, I'm not, I don't care. I don't listen care. to me. I don't care. Listen, listen to me. Joe, let's talk me. about the game. No, Joe. It's a big game. It's a big no, game. You got to no, talk no, about no, that no, one. Because, because that does that prove that Ryan Tannehill do you have more trust in Ryan Tannehill right now than Lamar Jackson? Already, you make me shake my freaking head. Because he doesn't want to answer. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, look, uh, b- bottom line is he he didn't just beat the Ravens and Jackson. He beat them at home. Twice. On their turf. Well, then there you go. I mean, to, how how can you – how could you, Trevor, look into the camera and tell us how you could possibly have more trust given what you've now seen? With the Ravens? Yes. It's kind of like the whole Buccaneers thing that we'll talk about because I just feel like they're playing out of the strengths of Lamar Jackson. I still think, I mean, his throwing, we know his throwing is not good. And it's still a, a big concern for the Ravens going forward. I still be, I still believe in him because he's 23 years old. He's only going to get better. But I feel like there's just, there's nothing. They're a shell of themselves as Baltimore Ravens team. Last year, 
everything was working well for them. Mark Ingram had one of his best years in, as a pro. Um, the running game as a whole was dominant. Nobody can stop them. Their offensive line, they weren't decimated with injuries. Lamar Jackson has taken a step back this year. And I got nothing to say. I mean, I really believe that the Ravens would come in, especially the way that game started, how the Titans went on to the middle of the field and kind of was talking trash. I really thought the Ravens were going to be expired. But looking at them, Derrick Henry running into the end zone, and putting their heads down, it, it looked like a team to me that was defeated. So I really have no answers for the Ravens. I can't because I've had faith in them. I just have no answers. I really don't. Do I, can't, I, can't here, I can't sit here and make excuses because I just don't want to. But they do have injuries, but that doesn't make it because everybody has injuries. But they are big injuries. Losing your left tackle is a major loss. But then somebody could come back and say to me, oh, what about the Los Angeles Rams? Because if you looked at the Los Angeles Rams, they just lost Andrew Whitworth, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Well, they didn't look like they didn't really need Andrew Whitworth last night. And that's what I wanted to start with because of how impressive, impressed I was with that L.A. Rams team. There was a lot of great games this weekend, and we talked about it starting last Tuesday all the way on to today. It was a pretender contender. It was a perfect way to start the show last week because all these matchups were could be possibly AFC, NFC matchups, and we get a better feel of each of these teams. I would I feel about the Packers as I felt last week. They're going to finish 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and I'll have no confidence in them going into the NFC playoffs. The Colts will be maybe a 10 or 11 team, 11 win team and that's going to be a tough 11 win team to eliminate because they do a lot of things right. They run the ball, they got great offensive line play and their defense has been as advertised in the entire season. They play the Titans this week. Great. A, a massive game this weekend in the AFC South. They rematch just two weeks ago, so we'll get a feel of that. The Tennessee Titans come back with a huge win. And then like I said, the Raiders looked good in defeat. That's a team that's going to be scary. The Browns win again, beating the Eagles. So they're seven and three. Then, like I said, the Cardinals and Seahawks, I still feel the same about them as I did last week. The, Card the Cardinals will could be the biggest difference maker in the NFC because of the factor of Kyler Murray. The, Car uh, the Seahawks still with their defense. Yes, they played well last week. They got to Murray. They, they, they held their ground. They held them to the lowest total points this year in 21 points but I need to see the consistency more. Um, what was the other games that we had? I'm trying to well, think. That was it. And then, the, and, then the, and then the Monday night game. That oh, and then, the, and then last night, yeah. I mean, the Rams, let's start with that. The Rams have emerged, to me, as the best team in the NFC because, well, they just played, to me, I thought the NFC's top team going into last, well, last night's game. I would have said this was the top team coming into the NFC was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've said that for the last three weeks. And now I've been saying for a while, now that I've seen it last night and I got to see the Rams in a massive matchup, they held their ground. They still didn't run the ball effectively, but they got to Brady. They caused turnovers. Jared Goff looked like an elite franchise quarterback. Ah, he made some mistakes too. But their team, though, overcame it, and the Buccaneers did. But he looked good. He got the ball out quick. He got it to his weapon effectively. Enough time to give him time where the offensive line, like we talked about throughout the season with the Bucs, it showed last night, once again, why that is their glaring weakness. But here's the thing. The, the game last night, if you look at it, was so similar. The Rams couldn't run the ball. Neither could no. the Bucs. Nope. Goff had to throw 51 times last night. He threw two picks. So did Tom Brady. Okay? So it wasn't like Brady played bad. It wasn't like Goff played great. Goff did not play great. I'm not but he played, played 
He played well enough down the stretch. He didn't make the late turn. Listen, they had the lead. I, I said it two weeks ago when I found out this stat. I'll say it again. They were 31-0 going into halftime with the lead. Well, they had a great jailbreak screen right before the end of the half. They had no timeouts. Robert Woods gets down. They're able to spike the ball in two seconds. They kick the field goal. There they go up 17-14 and a half. That's that's a huge momentum. And and they and they were able to withstand the lead. And you said last week the Rams had only given up one uh, touchdown in the fourth quarter the whole second half of the season. They shut down Tampa Bay for most of the third quarter, I believe. Make it 32-0 I believe for the, a Sean McVay-led Rams team I, when leading at half. That's I believe the Bucs had less than 10 yards total offense in the whole third quarter. They had three possessions of three and out. So when you look at the game, the Bucs are not the best team. They don't look like the best team. They haven't. They got a good defense line. We know that. They have great linebackers. Their secondary is pretty good. Is is Brady good enough to win? And is Bruce Arians' offense hurting Tom Brady and, in the Buccaneers? Joe, I want to get your take first before we get into that question of last night's game. And, hell, if you want to even talk about all the games, because we all we talked about all these games, does your view on these games, these teams, I should say, the ones that lost or whatever ones, the ones that won, has it changed or is it still the same? Well, you know, uh, I'll start with the Chiefs-Raiders because I thought – that the Raiders were going to win again, and they certainly put themselves in position to do that. And you're right. Talk about a bad loss. That's definitely one that you could chalk up if you're the Raiders. No, they were the better team for most of that game. I would say that's, oh, a, absolutely. Good say that's a good loss. I wouldn't say it's a bad loss. That's a good loss for the Raiders because they still played their part. They kicked the crap out of the Chiefs. They can play with the Chiefs, and that's what they did. They can play with the Chiefs. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, yeah, so uh, really impressed by the Raiders. Although, I mean, I, I still think that the Chiefs clearly are the team to beat. I mean, that that's obviously a given. Our game, Ravens, Titans, you know, it was a great game. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it's what you expected. But again, I think if you're the Titans, you go to Baltimore and you win a game like that. And, Trailing you know, Teddy, cool. you mentioned that they couldn't get Derrick Henry going until they did and and when they needed him most man you know look we were we were hoping he'd pick up four or five yards on that play just to get in the field goal range and 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 derrick henry was like you know what let's just get out of here you know let me just get the victory's got a t-shirt to wear <laughs> he's high and mighty, he's high and mighty right now this son of a gun and if i could say this you deserve it joe hold on I deserve it. And if, I could say, if i could stem off joe you're point. no longer joey mush and all, you're Joe Aguirre now. You're low. You're uh, Joe, if I can stem off that, if you, that's smart. Because if you look at the Titans, the Titans special teams this year has been their downfall or their weakest link. Okay. You know, we've seen Guskowski miss multiple kicks. I believe he's missed like six field goals this year, like four extra points, you know, just unheard of of Guskowski and the career that he's had. But maybe that's another reason why, you know, we laugh at Belichick, but you know, Brady's not the same guy as he was. Guskowski's not the same guy. And we question all those moves in the offseason. Like, why are you getting rid of, I mean, Tom Brady left. Okay. So it wasn't like Belichick said yeah. we, but you know, it was like, hey, you know, if you got to go, you got to go, you got to do what you got to do. And he kind of knew, Hey, you're 43, whatever. We know we're not going to win with Tom Brady with the team we have. So let's let him move on. And then you look at Gaskowski, you're like, why would you let a guy that's been, been there the longest tenure other than Tom Brady? You know, I mean, he's won like three Super Bowls, He's kicked so many games and you let him go and he goes to Tennessee. And then you've, I've watched because I know I bet the Tennessee a bunch of times this year and he's cost me multiple games. I mean, early in the season, he had like three missed field goals and a missed extra point. Oh, game, wow. it cost me ten points. I didn't do good on my picking this so, game either. So, and, I, and I, Derek Henry, it's smart. Finish the game because 
if I can just build off of that is I like what Mahomes did at the end of the game where he never let Oakland, uh, excuse me, Las Vegas in that final drive ever get set up. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if you watch the end of the Packers Colts game, I was yelling at the TV screen because every time Rogers hits the big play, so scaling, right? But then the next play hits Devontae Adams. And instead of going up and already having the next play already called, he spikes the ball. Now they end up getting a first down again, but they should have two plays called because I'm like, why are you spiking the ball? Because he's inside the 20. There was plenty of time. There was like 45 seconds left and he spikes the ball. If I'm thinking you're playing conservative, Aaron, you should have had another play. Now you only have two downs to get the first down. The second down play didn't work. And then the third down play, you threw a corner out that was thrown out of bounds of Devontae and you settled for a field goal. If I was the Packers, you should have tried to win that game right then and there. Do not go to overtime. It always goes to the better team who's already hotter, and that's the Colts. And it usually goes to the home team. And I just thought Rodgers plays conservative because this is something I told Trev, the difference I'd see in Rodgers and Mahomes. Rodgers won't force the the throw, and he'll throw it away. And you look at his you look at the stats at the end of the year and be like, he had 4,200 yards, he had 34 touchdowns, and he only had four picks, right? But then you look at Mahomes, and he'll have 4,800 yards, he'll have 40 touchdowns, but he'll have like 10 picks. And I asked Trev the other night, would you rather have the 40 touchdowns and 10 picks, knowing that the guys, you know what, he might make a throw that might cost you, but more likely not, he might be able to get through. Or would you rather have the guy Rogers that's like, ah, I'm not going to stretch the single. I'm not going to stretch the single on a double. I'm going to play conservative, but in doing so, you might get a double play. And I'm using the baseball reference where hustle out of the box, try to get two instead of settling for the single. But if you get to two, you're at double play. Give me the guy that will take a chance, but don't give me a guy like Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones who do too much at times, and that's where you see the turnovers always going up because those are two guys that I always want to talk I just about. Think Rogers because both of those guys, they want to do so much. I understand where Daniel Jones and Carson yeah, but Wentz. But don't talk they, about those. We're talking but about no, Rogers. Talking, because I'm telling you, I'm answering your damn question. So wait. You should have you should what what I'm to Brett Favre. No, I don't want to say Brett Favre. I can say whatever I want. Ted, like I'm going to take yeah, but Carson Wentz just stinks. We're not going to go no, with that. Daniel just, tra- you're talking about Daniel Jones just, and Carson Wentz in the same. What I'm just trying to say is breath of Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. You sound like you, you sound like certain people on the show. You take one word and you're like, oh, that's what he's saying. He's comparing. Well, you're comparing Wentz and what I'm trying to say is I'd rather, rather have Mahomes. a guy that takes a chance, but not a guy like Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz who do way too much and cause the turnovers. Or something like that. Why we always yell at guys like that? Because oh, just throw it away. I'd rather have a guy like Mahomes but, that's gonna go, that's gonna sling the ball over the field instead of a guy like Rodgers who has that that long, strong arm that could make that play, but he sits back and he's too conservative. I don't want that. I want a guy like Mahomes who's gonna take chances. Well, then you want wins. But I don't want a guy that does too much. Like, oh, there's a difference between doing too much and there's a difference between just forcing things. Joe, are you a more conservative guy where a play caller like, hey, listen, let's not screw our team up? Or you guys say, hey, you know what? I'll live with the Brett Favre mentality. He's going to make the throw where you're like, oh, my God, don't do it. And he completes it for 50 yards. Or you're like, you know, crap, he just threw another pick. It depends on what team I have. It depends on on who my quarterback is. If I'm the Chiefs, then yeah, then that makes sense there. But, I mean, again, look. You're, you're only as good as your personnel. I mean, you're only going to be as good as whatever your guy can do. If your guy can't quite make the throws anymore, I mean, you, you got to get conservative. I, I think in, in 2020 NFL, the idea that everyone's not just throwing the football down the field constantly is mind-blowing to me. I don't know why you wouldn't play that way 
it, it seems to be the way the game is designed rules-wise for you to play it at this point. So I don't get it. You look at a team like the Titans, and I think it tells a team like the Giants, like, look, this still works. You could still play good defense, not turn the ball over, pound the football, and win games. And, and that's I'm, that's I'm, there's there's basically look there's two versions of the NFL here. You could either throw the ball fifty times, or you can run the football and not turn it over if you have a good defense. But you 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 have to have both. Yeah, I'm I'm so, glad that I'm glad that you brought that up, Joe, because of how everybody's throwing the ball, the long ball, and stuff like that. And you look at Tampa. I want to go back to last night's game because. Bruce Arians is known as a, a guy that likes to take a lot of shots down the field. Well, Tom Brady is one of those guys that we've seen for the past 20 years who's has the arm, could make the throw, but we know what Tom Brady is. We Just like Lamar Jackson. We know what Lamar Jackson is. We know what Brady is. What has Brady been doing for the past 20 years? Kind of like what the Rams were doing last night. Little dink and dunk passes, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, right. massive games, and look what they did. They picked apart that really good secondary of Tampa Bay. What has Brady been doing for the past 20 years? He didn't ever beat anybody with the long ball other than the year they had Randy Moss. No, it was dink and dunk to Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, uh, Deion Branch, Troy Brown. Just uh, huh? Gronk up the scene. I mean, Gronk with the tight end game, even Aaron Hernandez at the time. That was Tom Brady's offense. That was the that was when Brady was at his all time. And everybody and everybody's going nuts now because oh Brady looks like crap. He can't throw the ball. We know that Brady is getting old. We know that Brady can't throw the long ball like he used to. He's one. He's probably is he the worst quarterback throwing the ball? Down so the he's attempted fifty five passes of twenty plus yards in the season. No one's attempted more, and he's the worst quarterback rating on throws more than twenty yards <laughs> down the field. That's terrible. Sorry, pal. But do you understand? Am I wrong about that? That like Arians and Bucks are playing away from, and especially an offense that has so much firepower with Antonio Brown, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, and Cameron Bray. I know those are big play receivers, but can you imagine those guys just getting into space, letting them do like what New England was doing for the past 20 years? One, two, three. Good luck stopping them. And that's why I get frustrated because everybody's like, oh, Brady's all terrible and this is a weak point. I don't think I, he could be the weak point, but I think it's more of the offensive game plan that Arians has been running with this offense. What do you feel, Joe? Well, yeah. I mean, again, that's what I talk about. You got to play to your quarterback strength. So you look around the league, the teams that are consistently winning are teams that know how to do that or figure out ways to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, look, if you, you look at the weapons that Tom Brady has. And if you look at the if you look at the weapons in his skill set, you're kind of like, I don't know, doesn't really match up. Where's the slot guys? Well, that would be Antonio Brown. He's a slot guy with Godwin and Scotty Miller. See, I think with them is you can do anything you want with any of those guys. And I understand where's your immediate like where's your Edelman? Because if you watch New England, it was you had you had the bigger receivers on the outside, not always. And then you had Edelman in the slot with Gronk up the up the scene. And if you notice anything about New England, it was one, two, three, catch throw, ball was snap. And that's why Brady never got sacked as much because the ball was out of his hand within 1.5 seconds. There's no way you can get to the quarterback. And it, you know, and then how many and then, times did they? And how and many then, times did they pick apart people? And 
And they'd get, they get had defensive coordinators getting fired each and every week because they were just picking apart. They'd have a field day. And, and, we, and we mock the Saints a little bit, and I know especially I have, you know, with the Drew Brees, Dinkin and Duncan. I'm like, that's something that's going to hurt them down the road. But the thing with that is I don't think Drew Brees has the ability to stretch the field. It's not that he can't. It's, not, Brady, that he, it's not that he can't. Uh, yes, because Brady still has the arm. Okay. If you look at Brady and Brees and you just watch the ball come, Brady's throws last night, it wasn't that they were short. They were actually long. They were overthrows. He had Antonio Brown in the third quarter down the sideline. He had, yeah. uh, I believe it was Damian Williams, the cornerback that they were talking about last night that had just consistently fought his way to get onto an NFL team. But he had Antonio Brown who was just off the fingertip. He had uh, Evans down the sideline, and he, ne- he overthrew him. He just didn't give him an opportunity to give him the ball. So it's not that Brady doesn't have the arm. Even the pick he threw away at the end of the game was an overthrow that he tried to fit in. So it's not that he's short. I think is they, they got to come up with a, get a better game plan. And I think when you have Ronald Jones and Fournette, they have to be running the ball first. Because if you notice last the week before Carolina, I know Carolina is not the same defense. And every defense is the same. But Brady and New England, it was about setting a tone running the football. And they weren't able to run the football last night, but neither was the Rams. But if you notice one thing, what was the what were the Rams doing last night? Getting the ball out quick, out quick. of one, two hands. And they knew that because losing Whitworth, guess what? They had a, the right game plan. McVay went in there, little bubble routes with uh, yeah, Robert Woods, sure. Cooper Cup. Like I said, crossing routes, slants. That's what Brady is best at. Brady could take the shots. He's not Breeze, but he is best when he's picking apart the middle of the field. And that's what we haven't seen from this Bucks team because, let's be honest, they it's almost like they have too much firepower. Like, was the signing of Antonio Brown needed? Obviously, some people would say, oh, yeah, of course. But some people would say no because you have to find ways to get ball, get the ball to all these guys. That's that's more or less kind of where I was going with that, that I, I think it's, you know, you got a lot of guys that want the ball. Yeah. And you can't really get everybody the ball and you bring in Antonio Brown and there's already guys that want the ball more. And there's another, another piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that's an issue as far as um, too much talent. You could have there's too much. Too, talent. Yeah, there's too much going on. And look, you know, you, you, you've definitely got guys on that team who are, let's be honest, a little on the moody side. And so that's going to cause some problems. And then there's the anxiety of not causing the problem by trying to make sure you're feeding guys, maybe when you shouldn't be feeding guys. And, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I do think that hurts them. Now I said, it, you'll recall when we had the the show, uh, whatever day it was last week, uh, Friday, when Rister, Friday. Steve, Friday. Yeah, Friday, when Steve Rister was so concerned uh, about the Rams offensive line uh, because of, of, of the injury to Wentworth. Well, like I said, I mean, you don't think they're going to game plan for that? Like they're just going to leave themselves exposed? Well, of course they were. Of course they were going to game plan for that. I mean, yeah. how do you come back? What I'm talking you about. Body, you get the body of quarterback's hand faster than the pass rush can get to you. And here's the thing: the kid that they drafted at TCU was supposed to be Whitworth's replacement. Whitworth has played, you know, longer than. Everybody expected. So the kid that they dropped that played last night was going to be the incumbent starter eventually. Whitworth's just been able to withstand, you know, play and and stay healthy, and and that's more power to him as a veteran. And listen, we know, you know, when you lose a veteran offensive lineman, especially your left tackle, usually your best offensive lineman, a guy that's been to four Pro Bowls, two All Pros, it's a significant loss. But what did they do last night? If you looked at Robert Woods and 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 Josh Reynolds and Vance Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Ball was out one, two, three. They had hot reads. 
And you know what else I noticed? And Brian Greasy said it last night. I said it multiple times. Tampa Bay kept playing freaking zone. They kept yeah, playing Bulls, zone. I don't know what kind of and, 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 Bulls and, didn't bring a lot of pressure last night, I noticed. And he's been the number one guy. And I thought, okay, why are you letting Goff give time in the pocket and be able – because they have good enough players to find those open. And Goff was smooth last night. He, he – the guy that I thought would be their weak link has – has proven something to me. Last night, if anything I took last night, Jared Goff proved to me that he's a top quarterback and can win the big one. Because I told Trevor, we were driving home from the gym, and I said, who would have ever thought two, three years ago that we'd be questioning Carson Wentz as if he's even good enough or if he should be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Jared Goff, you know, Trevor's like, well, he went to the Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, they, they had a really good team. Everything kind of worked out, you know. But Jared Goff has progressed. He really has. And last night, against on the road, against a really good defense, when they didn't have a running game, proved to me that, hey, listen, this guy can win a game. I know he can win a game on the road against a good team. I know we're talking a lot about the Bucs because the Bucs have been the, the hot topic this year. Well, the all these season. two teams but, would probably be the Rams, front runners. Well, let's not take away where credit is due. This Rams team is legit. This Rams team looks to be the favorite, maybe. I don't know. I, I was impressed with the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill. I know that sounds crazy. But they just did just shut down Seattle, who was the leading scoring team in the NFL. In the NFL no, but I'm very, no I, I think the Rams, I say the Rams right now, last night going into Tampa. They shut down Brady and, and, and then beating and Seattle. I would say that the LA Rams are the best team in the NFC right now because I mean, yes, they lose Whitworth, but that defense is nasty. They got a great secondary. Their head coach is a genius. And when they keep leads, they don't lose those leads. So you better, get, you better get a way to take a lead going into half against this Rams team because if not, you can also just pat in a nice L in, your, in the win-loss column because you're not beating this team after this in the second half. It's just a fact. They're 32-0 when this, with Sean McVay as head coach, the 32-0. That's pretty good, right? That's really I think that's pretty good. I, mean, I, think, I, I know Matt Genius, but I think that's pretty damn good. And we, listen, we talk about this all the time when we talk about the Giants. Being able to hold the lead and maintain the lead and finishing a game. Joe, we talked about this four weeks ago. You were talking about the Giants, and we were talking about Herber and a bunch of stuff. And you, know, you were kind of bashing Herber a little bit, but you're like, and you're like, score more points. But I'm like, Joe, it's got to be a team effort for the team to hold the lead. You know what I mean? Listen, if you, get, if you score 40 points or 34 points and you lose, that's not really on you. I mean, like how much more, you know, Russell Wilson up until last week had scored the two games that he lost, they scored 30, 31 points. All right, so you're putting up 31 points and your defense gives up 34. That's really not on you. I mean, at the end of the day, someone's got to make a stop, right? And I think that's a credit to the Rams coaching staff and the team and the personnel they put together because – if we went into this season, we we're like, man, they lost Gurley. They lost all these players that had left the team from free agency. Some you know, people thought and, they were going to struggle this year. And you year. think about it. They, they, we thought they overpaid for Jalen Ramsey, giving off all these draft picks and whatnot. They lost Robert Quinn, went to Dallas Cowboys, and a, a pass rusher. And you're like, is this team going to really be that good? Maybe they'll be the third best behind Seattle. And and right now, they're the best team probably in the NFC. They just, they just beat, like I said, they just beat Seattle and shut Seattle down, who was the leading scoring team in the NFL. And then they went to Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football on the road. You you thought, hey, this is the game. The Bucs are going to win. They're going to prove that they're best. And they were the better team. Joe, best team in the NFC right now. No, it's it's definitely the Rams. Uh, okay. Three straight games, by the way. Uh, Jared Goff's gone over 300 yards, uh, and he's done it against uh, Miami and Tampa Bay. 
uh, in the midst of that little run. So, I mean, I, I, I said it last week, having watched now a couple of games in a row with him, you know, Teddy, you said it earlier. I mean, some guys just have the zip. Some guys just, and that's why I, I still will criticize Herbert and I feel bad about Joe Burrow, but I don't see that. I don't see NFL zip coming out of either one of those two guys. I just don't. They, they seem like, you I just don't play, you, you don't want you the, don't want the Jets and Chargers. Because game, there was zip like, there was there was zip like 95 mile an hour. Well, well like, uh, listen, listen. I, I didn't watch that game, and, and against the Jets, I could zip the ball out of there. I, I'm talking about when you're playing legitimate NFL teams. So get back to me when he does that. I'd love to watch it. Because... If you get a chance, watch Game Rewind. There's a throw where he's rolling out to the Keenan left over, and Keenan Allen, and the defender's right there. I don't even know how he stuck. He threw a fastball, Chapman fastball, and hit Keenan Allen in the chest and knocked him backwards. It definitely couldn't be a Chapman fastball then, because Chapman's fastball is all over the place. <laughs> There's no accuracy. <laughs> well, especially if Gary Sanchez is there, it's probably in the dirt. Probably. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. I had to get it once. I had to get it once, Joe. You're on a winning streak. Let me bring you back down to earth. So, hey, so what's what's our feeling on this, what Joe just posted? The Saints went seven straight. Falcons and Hill win the first start. I'm impressed with the way Taysom Hill played. I'm impressed with the way this – and we all thought Jameis was going to be the guy. Now, I know it's the Falcons, but I think a lot of you guys on Drawing About the G-Man picked the Falcons, which I was surprised. You guys made it seem like – I was like, wait, uh, the, Joe wasn't on Joe, the did you, the, Joe, did you – well, you had your picks. Did I did pick not them? pick the Falcons at all. No. <laughs> there, was three, there was like two or three people on the show that picked the Falcons. I'm like, am I watching the same game as you? Because – the Saints, yes, they're seven two. Yes, they lose Drew's, Drew Brees, but can this be better for the Saints? Well, don't because, they were five and zero last year because, when Brees got hurt and Teddy Bridgewater took over, fact, and it was because of their defense. But think about the their defense played well. I mean, they well, shut down a high octane offense in the Falcons. Matt Ryan was nowhere to be found. The, the whole offense as a whole with the Falcons team was nowhere to be found. So credit to the defense. Yeah. But this team, I think this team could be a little scarier with Taysom Hill because it's the factor of Lamar Jackson. You have to game plan for this guy like last year's Lamar Jackson, I guess we'll go because this year has been a whole different story. You have to game plan for Taysom Hill completely differently each and every week. Like there's something different that Taysom Hill and Sean Payton, who is a genius as a football offensive mind, the genius we can all agree on. So they got to deal with that each and every week. That's confusion. Whereas Drew Brees, you know what you're getting with Brees. You know what you're going to get with that. Short, dink, and dunk passes. He's not going to beat you over the top with his arm. It's just how it is. With Taysom Hill, he can throw the ball. He can run. He can play tight end. He can play running back. He can play anywhere you need him to play. That's why it's so – he could be a major X factor moving into the NFC playoffs. Question for you. Me? Yeah. Okay. You're in the red zone. Yes. Game's on the line. Yes. Taysom Hill under center. Eight yard line. I want Breeze. I want Taysom Hill. I want Breeze too. Yeah, I, I don't feel. Hill. I don't At feel great about that. Taysom Hill because his ability that if he's getting pressured, I like his ability. I to want make out of, to know how to read the, the defense. And at the end of the day, I told Trevor, you in the playoffs when it comes down to it, is your guy good enough to make the throw? And I'm not saying he's not good enough. In this time in his career, I haven't seen it. And not good enough. He his ability to make extra plays. 
and do things with his leg, outstanding. And it's going to work for the next couple of weeks because that's what happens. Because teams are not prepared for this. It's like the Lamar Jackson factor. Teams are not prepared. Well, don't, don't hold on. But that's what I mean. But, but, but here's that's a, all they need. They don't need a full season. No, I know that. But what I'm saying is. Once teams start, it's like the wildcat. It's like the run and shoot offense, like anything else. Eventually, teams start to build a game plan around it and know how to defend it because that's that's what their job to do is to defend it. What I think is more impressive, and, and I said it before, and then you went on your thing is last year, Breeze got hurt. And you're like, this is probably the best thing for the Saints because Breeze will get healthier, he'll regroup, he'll come back strong for the playoffs. And what happens is, if you notice, their defense steps up a whole nother notch. It's almost like they know, oh, our main guy is out. We have to do something different. If you watch them last year, their defense was top-notch for yeah. the five weeks from Bridgewater yeah. because they knew, hey, listen, our game plan is going to be a little bit more conservative, so we're going to take more of the burden. If you watch the game, and I know it was only one game, and I know it was against the Falcons, and people might knock it or whatever, but go back another week. Even when Breeze was there against Tampa Bay, who had all those weapons, they completely shut down Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And this defense is what, at the beginning of the season, they didn't look good. But this is what we expected with them, with Cameron Hayward and the linebackers and the Lattimore. That's and why I feel like so they're more scarier with Taysom Hill than Drew Brees because of the fact that the defense is playing so elite right now. But also, you have a guy that you can use in multiple packages, could be a decoy, doesn't even have to be under center to have some sort of impact. And then when he's under center, he has the arm to beat you over the top or he has the legs to beat you as well. So that's why I say the Saints with Taysom Hill, I know it's crazy. I like to say a lot of crazy things, but I don't give a crap because it gets attention. It gets viewers. So I want to say some crazy stuff. This team could be more dangerous going into the NFC playoffs with the Taysom Hill-led team and maybe a Drew Brees. I know it sounds crazy. I think at the end of the day, your quarterbacks don't need to make a throw. So Taysom Hill will get them to the playoff. And I think what's great about the, the – Well, Drew Brees has had the damn opportunity the past I'm, couple years. And what the hell has he done? But the team as a whole is foreign. The only thing – hold Joe, before you make your point, the only thing I will say is maybe when playoff time comes, they will use more of the Taysom Hill experience in the game instead of one or two plays, knowing that now he has a little bit more comfortability as an actual quarterback under center than he did any of the other years other than one or two plays a game just to run a quarterback sweep. Go ahead, Joe. Let's say the Giants were to start uh, at, at, at quarterback Evan Ingram. And let's say in this scenario, you have a, a healthy Saquon Barkley in this scenario, just 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 to play the game. Yeah. Would you think the game plan would be for Engram to make sure the ball got to Saquon? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, that would you think would be the game plan? So Taysom Hill makes his first start. Alvin Kamara has 13 touches in the entire game. That's surprising because he probably has about 25 when Drew Brees is there. So, I didn't know that. I'm glad that's a, that's a great game. That just, I mean, literally jumped off the. I just looked at. I just looked. At, I thought, well, how did Alvin Kamara do? Because I, I haven't really heard anybody mention anything about him from that game. Thirteen. You want to dominate that game, but no catches in the game either. Didn't didn't really? have a single reception. Well, so freeze with the dink and dunks. Now listen, he was seventy percent, seventy five percent, seventy eight percent. Doesn't that percentage. make it even more like as, no. a, as a defensive co- coordinator? You still have Kamara, but now you have to worry about like what you have to worry They're about. They're dangerous with Drew Brees because okay. He, and the reason why I say this, you I mean, can, I've seen in the past three or four years, I got enough a sample size 
of what the Saints are, no matter what the situation is, what kind of venue it is, if it's the playoffs, if it's a regular season game, the oh, NFC Championship hold game. Hold on. Do you remember? And what do you say? They can't do it because well, the only thing I don't, Hold on. The only thing I was saying, can't beat Hold on. The only thing I, was, I It just came to my head. I know this is probably a bad reference, but I'm going to do the best I can to relate to this. Lamar Jackson's rookie year when he ended up taking over for Joe Flacco, right? You had a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and yeah. you know what you're going to get. And Joe Flacco, okay, whatever he is, okay? Would you rather have the Joe Flacco experience, the the, the back the quarterback who has a Super Bowl under his belt, who's been in big games, or would you rather have Lamar Jackson? Nope. The rookie who can run the ball, can't pass as well. That's what I'm saying because what could happen is you're going to get Taysom Hill, and he plays in the playoffs, and you sit Drew Brees. Teams will be able to defend Taysom Hill. And what I'm saying is – I know what takes them up, like Omar. They can run and pass, but I'd rather have the guy that's been there, that's gotten you there, that has the experience at quarterback because what is your job at quarterback you're supposed to do? It's like a point guard. Your job is not to score and run the ball. Your job is to distribute the ball to people and call the right personnel out. You know what I mean? You know, you, you think about all the great teams, the ones that have the point guys, sometimes like Rondo, he doesn't score, but he gets the offense in the right play against a better defense. He distributes the ball to Camaro, Michael Thomas, this guy, that yeah, guy. He, does he, everything, makes the right... he does everything well. Nobody, listen, nobody's asking Taysom Hill to win the football game. But Drew Brees, you have to win because he—he's the distributor. He's the he doesn't manager. have to. That team is talented enough that he doesn't have to take control of the game. I understand what you're saying, Joe. 100% agree. He doesn't have. To, well, they're talented enough. Where Brees, if he comes in, the pressure goes on him because it's Drew Brees, the career, the Hall of Fame, his last. This is it. Like with Taysom Hill, they have enough good players and enough talent that he doesn't have to do too much. But yet, Sean Payton loves to use him, even when Drew Brees is there. They love yeah. to use him. So imagine with no breeze for a couple weeks, defenses are going to have to game plans are going to have to change drastically. And I hope that Sean Payton runs with this because this could be really a game. Hold on. If you, if you, if I'm, if I'm the defensive coordinator next week and you tell me you got to beat Taysom Hill and guess what? He's going to barely use Alvin Kamara. Well, great. That that'll yeah, certainly yeah. help. That'll certainly yeah. help my game plan. You want to not use that weapon? Perfect. That'll certainly I'm help. I'm gonna play him like I would play Lamar Jackson. Play ten in the box and say play man coverage on the outside and make the deep throws. That's how well, I'm gonna I play. Think, I, I think it's crazy. I think I, Taysom Taysom Hill's game. Taysom Hill's game is so different from Drew Brees. I think it literally takes Alvin Kamara out of the running game. In, in large part, and completely out of the passing game. Use him as a decoy. They almost would Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill could do all the things that Kamara do, not not as well. But you, use you want Elvin Kamara to spend the rest of no, the season as a all. decoy to Taysom no, not Hill? At not at all. That's what but I, I heard. Like team, I feel like this team. No, I just feel like that's what they're. That's what they're. That's what they use them for. By the way, did, hold on. Here's the thing: because Alvin Kamara has been dominating all year. The, the Falcons knew. Oh well. Alvin Kamara is going to be the focal point now. Drew Brees is gone. Well, they had to take him off. They got to get – so they're focusing on him, taking their eyes off of Taysom Hill. Guess what? Kamara maybe this week comes back and has a, a huge game. I mean – I doubt it. How do you know? I don't know. I don't know that that offense is conducive to both of those guys doing their thing. playing this week? Listen, Taysom Hill ran the ball 10 times. Kamara ran it 13 times. That I got a problem with that. 
I got a problem with a quarterback running the ball more than you start running back as well, too. But I, I don't like that at all. And then not not that, I mean, to not he's the best pass pass catching uh, uh, run threat in the game. Yeah, yeah. Legit. I mean, the other two are banged up. So he's the guy right now, and you didn't you didn't use him. Well, imagine if he would have. Imagine if you would have gotten Kamara in into the game a little bit more. Well, you'd have blown the Falcons out. I mean, you did. You know, you yeah. could have scored fifty points against them if Alvin Kamara was actually in down, and they didn't even need to use Alvin Kamara as much. Just imagine what this team can do. I don't know that they didn't need to as much as they didn't know how to. I got you. I just don't know that what Taysom Hill does that that having a guy like Kamara makes sense for him. If you had constructed this team around Taysom Hill, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. That wouldn't be your choice in running backs. No, you'd probably have more of a power back, something where you could run like more read Murray, options, like a lot Murray, lot Murray, or like a Derrick Henry, oh, where yeah. it's downhill running, not right. a scale back, where you're powering and controlling, and then use Taysom Hill's I feel, ability. I feel as though this is going to be this. I mean, they could do a lot of things with this, and I feel like this team could be very dangerous with Taysom Hill. Can I ask a question? Don't you think that, if anything, the Ravens should take a a page out of the Saints' notebook and we'll see what the Saints did with Taysom Hill and do the same similar stuff? I think it takes We don't think Taysom Hill is the best passer. Neither is Lamar, right? But they both have a great ability to run the football. Now, Taysom Hill is more of a physical runner. Lamar's not, but he's even more athletic and faster. So why would, if you could see Taysom Hill being successful, why I can't say, Lamar be as successful as him? Because their offensive line is decimated right now, the Ravens. And I, they don't have the running back that Drew Brees and um, Taysom Hill have in Alvin Kamara. I mean, now he's not even going to have. He's got to go play Pittsburgh this week on Thursday night without his two number, his top two running backs because of COVID. And more players are getting tested positive for COVID for the Ravens. So we don't even know if that game's going to be on as of right as of right now. It is, but we don't even know if there's going to be a Sunday night or Thursday night Thanksgiving night game. I should say. Well, if Dabo Sweeney has anything to say about it, it'll happen. Dabo Dabo Sweeney, baby. You see that nonsense? What a lunatic. I know for the people that are watching the show, we haven't talked anything about the AFC just because we get a good picture of what the AFC looks like. We know it's it's the Steelers and the Chiefs and everybody else fighting for third. I thought the Miami Dolphins were going to be legit. They come on and, and lay a complete dud against the Broncos. The Colts, maybe they've emerged as a, a number three, the number three team. Maybe the Titans will figure that game out this weekend. But that's how crazy the NFC has been. That's why we talk so much about it because it's literally wide open. Yeah. You have you have four or five teams that are above seven and two, I believe, or seven and three in that same range. And we don't know who the number one team is right now. Maybe it's the Rams. Maybe it's the Saints. Some people might have the Packers. Some people might have the Bucks or Seattle. I'm just saying it's wide open in the NFC with the AFC. You have a clearer picture. That's well, why there's no gonna... consistency. This seems to be week yeah. to week. A few weeks yeah. ago, we were we were talking about the Bears, and then we were talking about how dumb people who thought the Bears were the team, and then we said the Bucks, and then those people are looking pretty bad and then now. We're like, and then we're like the Packers, and then yeah, and the then Bucks. we were like, then we were like, it's definitely the Rams, but now we're like, or maybe the Saints. Nobody knows. We never did talk about the Rams consistently. We always talked about the Bucks. We always talked about the Packers. We talked about Seattle. We never talked about the Rams. They've always kind of been under the radar this entire season. But with last night's win, or I should say even the past two wins against Seattle and the Buccaneers, you have to put the Rams either at 1B 
or the number one team with the Saints because right there, those those would be the top two teams in the NFC. And I would currently, and right. I would say that because of their defensive teams, because there were the defensive mentalities. What I've seen enough from the Rams and the Saints defense in the last couple of weeks, one because of how I saw what the Rams did to the Bucks and the um, excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks two weeks ago, and then what I've seen what the Saints did to the Bucks. And then just in general, what I've seen the Saints do defensively, this is what I thought the Saints would be all the time. This is what I thought why I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. You're still now, on it. I'm still on the Saints. I'm not going to change anything. Now, now, I had the Ravens and Saints. And can, so the, can the Ravens turn around? Absolutely. As Clay as Campbell comes back healthy, they're missing pieces. Could, could it turn around? Listen, we've seen crazier things. I We have. You know what I mean? One big injury on one of these other teams, if Roethlisberger or Lyman, I mean, we know we know what happens if the quarterback goes down, the season's over. But, you know, can it happen? Absolutely. Will it happen? Probably not in the AFC. Right now, you're looking at a two-man race. But I think you're looking at the Saints. They've been, been there. They've been knocking on the door, and they haven't and they haven't been able to pick the right door. Is this the final year that they finally can take the crown? Well, the NFC is wide open, so it is for the taking. With the impact of Taysom Hill and however long Drew Brees is out, this could be a different-looking Saints team, a maybe more scarier, scarier and formidable Saints team. And if they can the get the number one seed and they get a bye, Joe, now they don't have to worry about losing in the wild card round. There you go. Yeah, be, they'll have to lose in front of their no fans. Are they actually have? Do they have fans of Saints? Well, because I know I know a lot of teams are taking away the fans. They don't have fans in red states. Well, it's it's. I was going to say Louisiana's uh, definitely one of those hillbilly states where they're doing it all wrong, and so it wouldn't shock me at all if they've been completely shut down. I would like to point out one thing. Uh, earlier when you guys were squabbling, you said something about uh, Ted trying to put words into your mouth or something. You did, Trevor. Okay, yeah. You said like some people on this show. Now there's only three of us on the show. And you seem to be suggesting that Ted did something that somebody else does. So that sort of ruled you out. I'm I was talking about your son. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's why I, a minute ago, I, I, I tried to get you to say something that you didn't. I just thought that would be kind of fun. Are you are you just trying to go after me now? Do you feel a little like bit? You yeah. Like yeah. You have a, wound, a wounded duck or something right now. Do you think I'm wounded? I'm coming back with a vengeance. Oh, yeah. We're taking no it about it. No, we'll talk about it on. Are you around Friday? I know you might be. In, I don't know if you're gonna eat a lot of turkey. Or are you gonna be? Are you gonna be in a coma? All right, listen. I will be around on Friday, but can we do it later? Can we do an evening Friday show? Yeah, absolutely. Something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, because I work till four. We need a big. We need. I need a massive. I. Oh, you're golfing. Yeah, my Joe, wife doesn't know yet. Joe and yeah. I. Joe and I. And I work till four. <laughs> No, well, I need to come back with a vengeance. I need to go. We almost need to do double or nothing because I don't. I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I gotta with- tell you, I like what Steve says here, though. I think if you put a gun to my head and tell, ask me who's winning the NFC, I'm not gonna say not the Seahawks. And and here's why. Because you, you you pick the Packers. What's that? I thought you picked the Packers. Oh no no no! I like the Seahawks. Now he's changed his damn mind. I like the Seahawks. You picked I like the Packers. Seahawks. When did I pick the Packers? Never. Oh yeah. I don't think I picked the Packers. You I don't think I've ever. Joe, I know you. I... you yeah, he knows I didn't pick the Packers. You're Stop that pick. nonsense. What are you trying to do here? Trying to... So, uh, yeah. Look, I I think that I love the Rams right now. Um, and and you know, not to be forgotten is that you know Jared Goff does have some postseason experience. So. Yeah. 
it's not like he's in uncharted territory by any stretch. So I like I like that aspect uh, as yeah. far as that team. Obviously, the Saints look they look great right now. Mm-hmm. This Taysom Hill thing, I don't think long term it's it's sustainable. Maybe just I for think this that, year, but not long term. No, I think over the next few games that's great. Eventually, I think like Ted said, teams would figure that stuff out, and and you you, you wouldn't you'd have to you, then you would need him to be a great passer, and and that would become problematic. I think for right now, or at least until Breeze comes back, or if you end up turning the the, the game over to Winston at some point. The Saints are going to be fine. They've got it. Obviously, the the defense. I think when you look at what they did against the Bucks, as you said, Ted. I mean, boy, that's that's a lot of weapons to shut that down. That, that, that speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. It speaks volumes, and you you can't ignore it. And then when you look at what the Rams did last week to Seattle, you got to be like, Ooh. but to me, on any given Sunday, I think that. I think that uh, that that uh, Russell could go could go off and throw for five against anybody, especially with Metcalf. So that's that's yeah. where that's why I'm like I can't say uh, it's not the Hawks yet until well, I see can, somebody really step up. The Saints are close. Offensive-minded coach with Cliff Kingsbury, with McVay, with Pay- Sean Payton. So that's a question about Michael K. right now. What is the future? What is the future for Gary Sanchez on Michael K. currently? No, I'm I not mean, getting, right? not beat it to off. death. No, I don't want to even talk about it. Beat it to death for what purpose? December fifth, the the Yankees are not going to non-tender Gary. Yeah, it's and then uh, up till December fifth, then they're going to they're going to extend him a contract, and everybody could shut up. So finish, idiotic. Okay, right, we'll finish the show and then you can watch it from our TV. Here's what yeah. we'll get, we will get to the AFC later on this week. I know, we'll I, know we, I know we didn't get any NFCs love this week because wow, the NFC finally is at three and seven now. So all four teams are in the running. A major game on Thursday between the football team, Washington football team, and the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have life. What the hell's going on? I thought they were done. But we'll have to talk about it. Philly's in trouble. The Giants have a big week. A terrible loss for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. It sucks to see a a player of his magnitude that looked like they were going in the right direction with him. Get him some offensive linemen, for God's sakes. We don't need another Andrew Luck, and we don't want to see Deshaun Watson like that either. So get these guys some offensive line, please. That's all I say. Best 2-7-1 quarterback ever. Absolutely. And Daniel Jones is what the greatest quarterback when he plays Washington football. I guess we got to see it against another 30. There's other, there's 30 other teams too. So we got to see it for more. We'll talk about all that. Joseph, I should say, because we won't see you, you and the family have you have, have a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. I certainly will. You boys too. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you Friday. We'll see you Friday night, buddy. But everybody, we are Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, Spotify, iTunes as well. At Keys to the City, subscribe, comment, share, and like. From the Keys to the City family, everybody have a very safe and make the most of it your Thanksgiving this year. Let's be thankful. Let's just be thankful, I guess. Because 2020 has given us all the great things. Right, Ted? I'm just kidding. We are, Clo- we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are. All right. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. 
streaming every Friday.